0: Greetings and welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series. Podcast episodes are available on VHHA.com and popular podcast hosting apps including Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and many others. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, Virginia Audio Collective, and the Family Podcast Network. Podcast episodes also air each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send questions, comments, or feedback or guest suggestions to Podcast at VHA.com. That's PCFpodcast at VHA.com. I'm Selena Laura VHHA, and today we're excited to be joined by Dr. Nisima A. Doubt, the director of UVA's Center for Leading Edge Addiction Research or CLEAR. In just a moment we'll discuss her background, her work to support individuals with substance use disorder, and more. But first, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Selena. We like to start each episode by getting to know our guest a little better. In addition to being director of UVA Center for Leading Edge Addiction Research, you're a professor of psychiatry and neurobehavioral sciences in the UVA School of Medicine, which is also where you were a resident after earning your medical degree from the University of Algiers in Northern Africa. Your research interest is focused on developing medicine for treating addiction and understanding the biological and social conditions that may contribute to addiction. Those tidbits only begin to scratch the surface, so please tell us and our listeners some Things about you and your unique personal story?
1: So, you know, people a lot of time ask me why I'm interested in addiction. And uh, when I did an addiction research fellowship at the University of Texas, I chose to do it because I thought that there was so much research going on and it was really one of the fields where. Sort of, we have shown that there are changes in the brain, like neurobiology happening after we take drugs. So I really was interested in the research part. And then I really fell in love with the population and because I had a real appreciation for the struggles and how humbling it is to experience an addictive disorder. So since then, I have really focused all my efforts in like working with patients, treating them for their addiction, but also trying to develop new ways of treating addiction.
0: Thank you. And we noted that you're focused on treating addiction. So for some context, listeners should know that substance use disorder associated with drugs and alcohol affected 46.3 million people in the United States aged 12 or older in 2021. In Virginia, overdose deaths related to illicit and prescription drugs have been rising. In 2021, an average of seven Virginians died of drug overdose each day. With that background, mm-hmm. can you clinically define the characteristics of substance abuse and share your observations about substance use disorder trends?
1: Absolutely. So, substance use disorder, also sometimes called an addiction, is a psychiatric and medical disorder. And some of the key characteristic of, uh, symptoms of the diagnosis is, you know, to take larger and larger amount of the substance and develop a sense of tolerance where you have to increase the dose to experience the same effect. If you don't take that substance, you experience either physical or psychological withdrawal symptoms. There are cravings associated with use, preoccupation with use, their attempt to stop and not being able to stop and really The youth start to consume your life and take, you know, control of your life, your work, your family, and have really negative consequences. It's unfortunate, you know, the opioid epidemic is a multifactorial problem, and there were a lot of reasons for why we got to where we got. And although there are a lot of changes, positive changes that have happened, We're still struggling. We're still seeing people dying from opioid overdose uh, on a daily basis and mainly because it's still challenging for some to access treatment. And also some of those who manufacture drugs have gotten to manufacture uh, very potent drugs. That are more and more addictive and it doesn't take much to kill someone so we continue to see a trend we see more people involved in treatment which is a very positive thing but it's still not enough we also see uh, people who are involved in treatment and not stay in treatment because when someone experiences addiction it really affects every aspect of their life so just treating The behavior, the addiction itself, the craving is not enough. It really requires addressing addiction from a biopsychosocial approach, which means, you know, helping these people regain control of their use, helping them get jobs, helping them get housing, helping them develop skills, treating their psychiatric illness that's often associated with it. So it really requires all that to get the results that is needed.
0: And in Virginia, inpatient hospital data showed a rise in demand for mental health and substance use care during the COVID-19 pandemic, while most other inpatient service line volumes declined. Meanwhile, public opinion survey data indicates more Americans say their mental outlook and wellness has declined. What do you make of those Mm -hmm. data points?
1: It is very alarming, and it is accurate. You know, you add an opioid epidemic, and then COVID lockdown and it is a perfect recipe for a mental health crisis. Now we see that everywhere. It is really hard to try to get access to care. Again, there are a lot of new ways, you know, there is telemedicine, that it has really helped and eased access to treatment, but the need, it's so big that I think it's going to take us a decade to reach where we need to reach. But a lot of times when people have a mental health, problem and then with covid social isolation and stress associated with that period mental health crisis has gotten worse and a large amount of population have relied on other alcohol substances to cope and something we don't talk a lot about which is behavioral addiction you know whether it's excessive gaming excessive shopping excessive eating you know something to cope so we see a lot of that currently
0: A few moments ago, we mentioned the UVA Center for Leading Edge Addiction Research. One intriguing clinical trial that's underway is focused on the use of sound waves to try to reprogram brain cells to combat cocaine addiction. We should note that while sound wave technology is used in medical imaging and other treatment applications, this particular clinical trial is a novel approach to combating substance use. If you would, please tell us about the work of the center generally and share some insight about that particular clinical trial.
1: The Centre for Leading Edge Addiction Research, also known as CLEAR, is fully staffed with research coordinator, nurses, physicians, social workers, and research investigators, including myself. So one of the focus of our CLEAR centre has been on developing new intervention for different type of addiction, from alcohol use, meth use, cocaine. We do different things. Recently, we Piloted a helpline where we set up a sort of an 800 number during the COVID sort of crisis where people could call the helpline and get connected with treatment. And we also asked these participants to sort of give us feedback of what's needed. And it's no surprise what was needed. You know, it's a lot of access to treatment for opioid addiction. But one of the comments that we got was they liked talking to people that in this era of technology, people find it hard to access care because it feels pretty overwhelming when you have to go online and click so many clicks to get anywhere. So having a phone number to call and talk to someone, they found that to be very helpful. And I'm really pleased to see that there are a lot of now helplines that are available. There is a suicide hotline. I know Virginia has also now at the state level has a sort of a helpline for addiction that people can call. So, it, you know, this is the way to go where people call and talk to someone who could sort of orient them. We have tried different medication to reduce craving for addiction and we even finished a trial on the use of TMS or transcranial magnetic stimulation that is approved for depression, but we use it to see if it helps people using alcohol. So we do very different trials, but all our trials are focused to try to find ways to help in people struggling with addiction.
0: Thank you so much. And is there anything else that you'd like to add about the focused ultrasound in that research? Absolutely. So focused
1: ultrasound is really new. So uh, what we know is when we use a drug, for long period, it does change the brain and it changes the brain in the way that the drug use or the substance use become really compulsive. And although the person knows that they should stop, they're unable to stop. You know, if you talk to people with addiction, they're like, I know the right thing to do. I know that I should stop. I know that I shouldn't be drinking, but I don't even... Think about it, it's just it's it I just do it. And a lot of times they're like, it's just a habit, I can't stop. And because there are changes in the brain that happen that make it compulsive. Just like somebody had obsessive compulsive disorder and had to wash their hands or check the door a hundred times, it becomes similar where it's just like nonstop. They have to do it. So, you know, in thinking about that, I was thinking it's like that would really be nice if we could be a little bit more precise in addressing the addiction problem. When we give a medication, you know, medication affects multiple organs. It does affect the brain, it affects many areas, it affects your guts. it affects your balance, it affects a lot of things and thinking about that, it's like what if we could develop something that could be very precise and uh, with focus ultrasound, uh, you know, I thought there would be an opportunity to try it to really develop this sort of more precision medicine and right now, I mean, I'll i say a word about what is focus ultrasound. So focus ultrasound is like a magnifying glass that can focus beams of light on a single point inside the brain. And it uses what we call acoustic lenses to concentrate multiple sound waves. It really uses just sound waves on a Point in the body, in the brain. So, you know, we do some imaging like MRI to uh, see how your brain is and then localize the area that we want to target with a focused ultrasound and we're able to be very precise so we can reach deep in the brain that we were not able to reach before and we can really target small areas of the brain and it's very precise and accurate and there is a very quick recovery. A lot of people don't even feel anything, you know, it lasts 10, 15 minutes and then you're like, Okay. I'm back to work. It is FDA approved currently for the treatment of essential tremor or Parkinson's disease, you know, people struggling with tremors. And it's been because of the safety and because of the precision, it's been tested for a lot of things. We are testing it for addiction, trying to really target an area of the brain that before has not been targeted but because of the focus ultrasound we're able to go a little deeper and be precise but it's also being tested for pain, for seizures, for other sort of disorders because of its safety and again its precision.
0: And you kind of touched on this already, but if someone listening to this is struggling with substance use disorder or knows someone who is, what guidance would you offer or what treatment resources would you encourage them to pursue?
1: That's a great question. So one thing, you know, I've, I've done addiction research now for two decades. And one thing that is clearer with every year that passes is addiction treatment should be individualized there is no one thing that's why there's so much research not everything works for everyone and we have to find what works for each one so having choices is really helpful and you know i would encourage people to talk to their primary care physician saying you know i have issues i have an addiction issues and they could refer them they can also call our helpline is 1877 opuid 1877 opioids, and somebody will get on and refer them, uh, offer them advice, find places, even help them with transportation if transportation is an issue. But talk to someone, talk to a provider, and know that you know the providers are not going to judge you or shame you because of your use. They will refer you if they cannot help you to places where they can help you. So please. Don't delay treatment, and please don't hesitate to contact us.
0: Thank you. And thank you so much again for being with us today. Before we let you go, we do have a tradition on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of fun personal questions. To keep things interesting, we have a list of 10 mystery questions. So please choose two numbers between 1 and 10, and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. 5 and 8. All right. Number 5. If you could spend the day with one person from history, living or otherwise, who would it be and why? I think I want
1: to spend a day... With Barack Obama, because I mean he's still living. I do find his sort of thought process to be fascinating. Uh, He's a very deep thinker, and whether we agree or not with his sort of political view, I do find him to be such a deep thinker. And he had such a positive view of life, like that. I really want to spend a day with him and really try to understand how he thinks about a lot of the problems, humanity problems, because I think he really can think at that level. Uh, I think I would appreciate that.
0: I love that answer. And number eight, tell me one memory from your life that whenever you think of it, it makes you smile.
1: Mm. I think from memory, there's so many that are coming into my mind. Okay, so when I was a child, a small child, I was fascinated with picking flowers. To this date, I don't know what it was. But I was so fascinated that I would make my parents, if we're in a car, stop the car. If I'm by meadows or like prairies where there are like a lot of wildflowers or flowers, I'll make them stop on the side and they have to open the door and let me out and I'll pick flowers. It makes me smile because I always have such an appreciation for my parents having the patience to just stop where they were going. So I can go into picking flowers and I have these memories of picking these big bouquets and they look pretty wild. And, you know, thinking back, they probably did not look good. But I do remember bringing these probably weeds to the car and showing my parents and being very proud of it. And my parents would be like, wow, this is so good. (laughs) And it repeats every time we go out. So, you know, it makes me smile that they indulge me into these things and that they saw the beauty of these weeds that I used to collect. So it really makes me smile.
0: I love that so much. And that will bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guests for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you for having me. You have a wonderful day.